Hey guys, welcome back to the Grown in Christ podcast. I am your host, Shadora Foy, and today we are on chapter 22. And I encourage you all to grab your Bibles, your pencils, your pens, journals, all that fun crafty stuff, and let's dive in with verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. Verse 2 says, The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Verse 3 says, A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Verse 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So I know the last, um, I don't know if it was the last chapter or the chapter before that, but I was talking about um, just desiring to live that life and to have it more abundantly. And um, it's only by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So you don't get life until you fear God and until you're humble. You don't get honor until you're humbled and you fear God. And the same goes for riches. And, you know, you look and you be like, well, wicked people have this. Okay, but that's that's different. There's life, there's a different type of life. There's true life. The devil has his own illusion of what life, honor, and riches are. But God, his is pure and his is righteous and his is the real definition of being rich. He says that he gives us riches and adds no sorrow with it, you know. That's true riches. Riches aren't something that you have to truly work your butt off for and always be fearful of losing that's not rich, you know, that's maintaining money, you might as well be poor, you know, and then honor, honor isn't people making you a god and putting you on a pedestal, but it's like, when they hear your name, it's not just about fame, there's a difference between fame and honor, fame, you know, people will scream your name at concerts, you know, or when they see you, they'll be like, oh my gosh, it's, it's that person, that's, that's fame, but honor is something that lasts. Honor is something where you don't even have to be at a in a place and somebody talk highly of you. Honor is when certain people can say stuff about you and just remember you for your character long after that you're gone. And life, living life is just, it's not about being lazy all the time, but it's not about working all the time either, but it's just about living in the goodness of the Lord, living and basking in God, and that only shall come by humility and having that fear of the Lord. You have to be humble and fear the Lord to experience riches, honor, and life. So if you truly, honestly want to experience those three things, you have to walk in humility and walk in that fear of the Lord, and only then will you experience those three things. And then in verse 5, it says, Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I know in chapter, oh gosh, I think it might have been chapter 19. I am so sorry. It One of the previous chapters, I'm just going to say that so I'm not snared by my words. Um, One of the previous chapters, I was talking about how parents are to be 
instructors of their children they are to correct their children and that is why to train up a child in the way that he should go so when he's old he will not depart from it it is vital that we get us as children right now that we get trained up in the way that we should go so that when we get older we won't depart from what we know we won't depart from the wisdom that was instilled in us because we have that and then verse 7, it says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Verse 8 says, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. Verse 9 says, He who has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Verse 10 says, Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave, yet strife and reproach will cease. So in verse 10, it's talking about like wherever we are, you know, we are to cast out the scoffer. So those things, so strife and reproach will cease and contention will leave. So it's vital that we learn, even if it's out of our friend group, even if it's about the family that we associate with or the people at our school or the people that we work with, we have to cast those people out and kind of cut them off if you will so that that strife and that reproach will cease and that contention will leave and then in verse 11 it says he who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips the king will be his friend and in verse 12 it says the eyes of the lord preserve knowledge but he overthrows the words of the faithless so we have to make sure that we are faithful to God, that we are full of faith, you know, that we're not faithless, that we're not like, okay, God, I believe that you'll do this, but I really don't. No, we have to truly have faith in the Lord because he overthrows the words of the faithless, you know? So when we're praying without faith, when we're talking to God without faith, he overthrows what we say because we're faithless. We don't, we don't connect our faith with his promise. We don't connect our faith with what we're even asking for. So we have to make sure that we we are faithful to God and that we are full of faith. And even though sometimes that it may be hard to have faith in God and the things that he says, you still have to make sure that you're not being faithless. You know, you have to make sure that you're being full of faith. And then in 13, it says, the slothful man says, there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Verse 14 says, the mouth of an immoral woman is a deep pit. He who is abhorred of the Lord will fall there. Verse 15 says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. So there is foolishness bound up in the hearts of children. You know, there is foolishness you know this is kind of like for the parents and even if you are an older brother older sister or even just an older cousin or you're just around children I know that in my school um I have a nephew and I also at my school we're a small school and us older kids are around the younger kids a lot and it's almost like they're like family because we help out with the classes and we help out with the kids as well and we're close to them and we have to realize that we have to correct them sometimes because it says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. They they have a lot of foolishness in them sometimes. But the rod of correction will drive it far from them. We have to realize that, yes, they do have to get time out. Yes, they do have to get popped. Yes, they do have to get spanking sometimes. Because that's going to drive that foolishness out of them. That will make that foolishness 
leave as I was um I always joked with my friends and I was like you know when I get older I'm going to tell my kids don't let the devil get you a butt whooping don't don't let foolishness and wickedness get you a butt whooping because guess what the devil's butt's not gonna hurt the wickedness bottom is not gonna hurt no it's going to be your bottom that's going to be hurt it's going to be your mouth that is going to get popped that's going to be hurt it's not it's not the devil's phone that is going to get taken away it's not the wickedness's phone that is going to get taken away no it's your phone so you have to be like hey devil you're not finna get me in trouble because you're not gonna get hurt i'm gonna get hurt you know a blow is not going to hurt you, but a blow is going to hurt me. So I'm not going to allow you to do this. I'm not going to allow you to tempt me down that route. So that is why you are to correct children because it's like foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. They're, they come out of, children are born in sin. They come out of the womb with the foolishness, you know, with the generational curses, with the, um, wickedness just trying to get at them because of how innocent they are they come out of the womb like that and you have to punish your child to say look here you're going to learn at a young age that the devil is not your friend the devil gets you in trouble wickedness is not your friend wickedness makes you get a whooping wickedness makes your phone get taken away you have to learn this now you know if so many people would learn that at a young age. Think about how much of a conqueror they would be at an older age. And that is what being a parent, being older, being an authoritarian means. You have to be looking farther down the road that if I if I show them that the devil is not their friend right now, just think of how much of a conqueror they're going to be when they get older. If they know that wickedness does not come to play patty cake with them, just think about how great they'll be when they're older. If they know that, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, this wickedness, this foolishness is going to get far from me. You know, the a blow that hurts, it causes evil to leave. You know, it casts out evil. So we have to remember that and help them to know that. Um, And that is also why God put authority put authority over the young ones you know that's why god put parents and a child because he could have just he could have just let children fall from the sky and grow up on their own if he wanted it to be that way but he didn't he wanted it to be a way where we can we can lead up each other you know and make each other stronger and correct each other and train up a child train up each other in the way that we should go you know that is what god desired and then in verse 16, it says, He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Verse 17 says, Incline your ear and hear the word of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge. Verse 18 says, For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed upon your lips. And that is what I am praying for for us, to allow them to be a pleasant thing to us that we keep within us and allowing these words of wisdom and just wisdom in general from the Lord and the word of God to just be fixed upon our lips and then in verse 19 it says so that your trust may be in the lord i have instructed you today even you verse 20 says have i not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge that i may verse 21 may 
make you know the certainty of the word of truth that you may answer words of truth to those who send to you so um this is like solomon is training up his children in the way that they should go and also it's like so we can know that the lord is truth and know that the things of god is truth because our faith in the lord is going to be our tested our trust in god is going to be tested but if we learn these things now, if we fix these things upon our lips now, if we hold these things tight within our hearts now and make them our pleasures right now, when when those sinners come and ask us questions about our God, we can stand strong and we can believe and give these verses about how true he is and how real he is. When the enemy comes against us and tries to test our faith and when people try and make us stumble and fall in what we believe on, we can stand firm knowing, no, I will not be shaken. I will not be bent. I will not be swayed. I will not be um, uh, manipulated into going a different route. I'm going to stand firm in the Lord. If we just learn these things and hold fast to these things, we can stand firm in the God that we serve and in our belief in the God that we serve. And then in verse 22, it says, Do not rob the poor because he is poor, nor oppress the afflicted at the gate. Verse 23 says, For the Lord will plead their cause and plunder the soul of those who plunder them. So we have to know that God's going to plead our cause. God will always plead our cause. He's going to help us and he's going to help others as well. And then in verse 24, it says, Make no friendship with the angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. Verse 25, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So you you cannot be friends with an angry person because you're you're going to learn their ways. And you more than likely you're going to learn their ways because they're going to be angry with everybody. And, or they're going to be angry with you and you're going to be angry back to them. You know, it's either they're going to be angry with everybody and you're going to learn their ways and you're going to act like them because, you know, how can two men walk together lest they agree and a house divided against itself shall not stand. So if you're a person of peace and they're a person of anger, that's going to house divided against itself Two y'all two people cannot walk together unless y'all agree. So you must agree with them on some aspect. You know, you must agree with them in some way if you choose to walk with them. And then in verse 26, it says, Do not be one of those who shakes hands in a pledge, one of those who is surety for debts. Verse 27 says, If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take away your bed from under you? So, yes. So these are things to just remember and wisdom just to have for us. And when we get into certain situations and verse 28 says, do not remove the ancient landmark, which your fathers have set. Verse 29 says, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown man, unknown men. Sorry. So verse 29 is like encouraging us that if we excel in our work, we're not going to stand before unknown people you know we're not going to stand before the people who don't have money and the people who can't support us in our mission and the people who just give us a pat on the back and say good job and don't support us in what we do no we're we if we're excellent in our work if we're excellent in what we do if we're diligent and if we're prudent 
We're going to stand before kings. We're going to stand before the people who have money. God is going to bring our enemies to be at peace with us, to sow into our mission and to sow into what we believe in. So when we're good at what we do, when we excel in our work, we're going to stand before kings. We're going to stand before people with money, people with power. That is, Those are the people that we are going to stand before when we excel in our work. We're not going to stand before the unknown people. You know, we're not going to stand before the schemers and the people who will be like, I'll get back to you next week and never do. No, we're going to stand with the people who want to see us prosper and who have the power, who have the money, who desire to do something for us and for our mission. So that is the end of chapter 22. And it was such a blessing just and the more I am, we have been diving into the word, the more I've been understanding that the word points to how real and how just God is. Just as this book alone is just pointing to how real and how just our God is. And so much we get caught up in our belief in different things. But um, me personally, I've never really just desired to d- dig deep in how real God is and how amazing he is and how much you can really tell somebody about this like some things that I read it's like you would have to just truly try to deny God just to not believe that this is real I mean at some point it has to speak to your spirit and that's what God does God speaks to our spirits he he doesn't talk to the flesh but he speaks to our spirit man and that's what connects with this word of God our spirit is what connects with this word of God because our flesh every time we read this word our flesh is getting convicted our flesh is getting rubbed and burned and um it's causing friction our fresh our flesh is like oh no I don't like this this doesn't say you can do whatever you want to do nope I'm I'm not for this but our our once you make that that spiritual hunger for the Lord, once you get a taste of the goodness of the Lord and realize that it is sweeter than honey and more precious than rubies, once you get that taste of the Lord, your spirit is like flesh, shut up. I don't care what you want. You've ruled for a long time now, but now it's it's my time to get fed. You've you've gotten fed with wickedness. You've ran around and did what you wanted to do, but now it's it's the spirit man turn to get what it wants. And I'm I'm thirsting and I'm hungering after God. So you got to you got to get on one accord with me cuz guess what? I'm the driver now. You're you're not driving anymore. You're you're a backseat rider, okay? I'm I'm driving towards that brighter day. I'm driving towards God. That is where I'm going towards. You know, I'm getting closer to God. I'm answering to that higher calling. I don't care what you want anymore. You know, so we have to make sure that our flesh man is the one. I mean, our flesh man is the one that isn't in control. That our spirit man is the one that is being driven off of the hunger for God. You know. And our fle- our spirit man is the one that is connecting with God. So yes, that is the end of this chapter. And I'm so thankful that you all have been here and that you all are listening and just growing. And I just pray that there's a lot of growth. I know through this time of just doing this that I have seen growth within myself. And I've been doing things outside of the podcast, just doing personal things and growing with God. And I have seen much growth and I am so 
excited. It is a it's a pleasure to see growth. I will say as a testimony, if you are afraid or if you're struggling, just know that it's a pleasure and it's a blessing to see growth and knowing that it's from God, you know, not that it's from yourself. It's not like a sad thing like, oh, God, I couldn't do it myself and yada, yada, yada. No, it's like, thank you, God. I have found myself being in more of a worship mode, just stepping back and allowing God to put his hands on the wheel, you know, and allow him to uh, order my steps and me just walk. It has been such a blessing. And there's certain places that I'm still working on and that I still need to work on and get better at yet just the places that God has stepped in and I have really surrendered and allowed God full control I can honestly say I really don't want to go back you know there's certain things there are certain things that I have gotten deliverance from that I just don't even care to walk back into that path it's not even a desire you know some things where you get delivered from them but there you still got to fight the desire no I there are certain things that God will give you complete deliverance from and I have gotten complete deliverance in an area and I don't even desire it anymore and it is it's just a blessing because it felt like I was I was so tied to it and it was like God I can't give this up because then I'll I'll go back to it but no it's like God just completely changed my desires and he changed how he changed my character and you know what I want in different things and that is just such a blessing so I just I say this not to boast and brag or anything but just to say it as a testimony to you all for you all to step into that place and to know that it's okay and God Oh my gosh, you think it's going to happen one way, but then God does it another way. Because if God, if God did it the way our imaginations think it, he wouldn't be that great of a God, you know? So yes, just, and I encourage you all just to even dive deeper in different words or even go farther ahead or go back um, into this book of Proverbs and just reading and recognizing how awesome our God is and how great our God is. And just think about, I mean, one thing, I'm going to be saying my one thing. One thing that makes God, God to me is that his, um, set apartness from everything, like how, um, in chapter 22, when it says, but deliverance is of the Lord in verse 31, that really, touch my heart because that's something that made God God for me and I want you all I challenge you all to think and even if you got to go deep in scripture what makes God God to you you know me it's his set apartness but that's that's one thing what what's one thing because there's tons of things but what's one thing that makes God God to you like what is that one thing that's like oh God wouldn't be that lit of a God if he, if this wasn't like this. You know, God wouldn't be that great of a God if this wasn't like this, if he wasn't best. It could be because he's your helper. Because when the enemy comes like a flood, he raises a standard. Whatever it is, I just want you to think of one thing that makes God God for you and just praise him for it. Just be like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for being my helper, for being my counselor, for having justice, for being the one that can give life and so that I can have it more abundantly, you know, like 
just that one thing. It doesn't have to be a whole list full, even though I know it can't be. But it's just that one thing that makes God God for you all. And I said that mine is because deliverance is of the Lord. Because he's the only one that can give true deliverance. And that that's one thing that makes God God for me. So yes, and like always, just let us keep connecting our faith with his promises. And that, like I said, and... Um, when we were doing the um, chapter 22 when I was reading that. That's something that is a promise of God. So that one thing that makes God God for you, that's a promise of God. And he He holds tight to that. So we got to connect our faith. If I believe that deliverance is of the Lord, I'm going to be seeking him for my deliverance. I'm not going to seek drugs, uh, alcohol. I'm not going to seek family. I'm not going to seek friends. I'm not going to seek social media. I'm not going to seek the internet. I'm not going to seek worldly books or anything no i'm gonna seek god for my deliverance and that is showing god that i connect my faith with his promise and i want you all to show god that you connect your faith with his promise and that one thing that makes him god make sure that as you're doing things you're connecting your faith with his promise so when i need to be delivered from something i'm going to connect my faith with his promise by saying god i need you I need your deliverance in this situation. I'm not going to seek my friend's counsel. I'm not going to seek my parents' deliverance. No, I need your deliverance because you're the only one that can deliver. So, yes. So, yes, I'm going to leave you all with that. And I pray that you are just being blessed and having such blessed days and just a blessed month overall. Just walking in this wisdom. And, yes, goodbye.